Greetings from Longtime No See the Podcast. Every week we'll be inviting two blindfolded comedians to answer a series of questions about their careers, lives, and opinions. Now, let's remove those blindfolds and start the show. Hi! What would your opening line with your celebrity crush be? Loved you in Harry Potter. <laughs> Worst date you've been on. A man bit my neck mole off once. You did what? A man bit my neck mole off. Oh my god, Jack almost fell off his chair. Be sure to follow and subscribe to the podcast. Welcome to Good For A Weekend, the podcast where two friends talk about Taylor Swift. I'm Allie. And I'm Cressy. And this week, we're diving into Taylor Swift's career, not as a singer, but as an actress. But before we get into all that, Cressy has an announcement. Yeah, uh, y'all are going to have to wait for the next episode. I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm moving. I'm packing right now. It is hell. I hate it so much. And... We're just not going to have time to record an episode, so our (laughs) next episode will be delayed, but rest assured, it will be coming out. Don't think we gave up, because we're still peaking right now. We're we're reaching it. (laughs) And just to clarify, she's not moving from Atlanta. Oh, no. I'm moving like 0.5 miles down the street. I'm still in Midtown. But now I'm living by myself, so I'm excited. I feel so grown up. Cressy and I are both going to be girls living in our own apartments in different cities with perfect silence for podcasting. So that's exciting. Oh my gosh, I'm going to have a cute little podcast area. It's going to be great. And we also have another thing to talk about before we talk about Taylor Swift's acting career. And that is The Lakes. The Lakes is out now. And... Unfortunately, still no engagement announcement, no marriage announcement. We were wrong. We were wrong. Damn. Yeah. But let's talk about the song, since obviously we have a missing piece to our folklore album that we now have. So I want to start with a question for you, Allie. So be honest with me, okay? Okay. So one of the reactions I saw that was pretty much across the board from many different Swifties all over, was that they did not get some of the words. Huh. And I was trying to figure out, do I know these words just because I'm an English major and I just I just know random words sometimes? Or are those, were there any words that you, a not English major, had wanted to Google or just verify? No, I think I was pretty good on the words. I was listening to it right before this episode and she does use big words, but I think even with her description of the album. I think Taylor just has a really creative vocabulary. Like, I think she said something like insurmountable grief or something like that. Like, she uses many syllabled words. Or, like, wisteria grew over my feet or something like that. Like, I don't know. They're just certain. The words are probably a little bit bigger than Mm -hmm. maybe they need to be. Certainly, there's no big words in the songs like Shake It Off or anything like that. But I think that's also just Taylor's kind of vibe nowadays. I think she likes to use big words. There's nothing wrong with that. Just in case you, listener, might not understand some of the things, I'll just break it down real quick. Since this is an episode about (laughs) Taylor being an actress. Acting like she was going to be engaged and then she wasn't. Uh, How dare she? Yep. Yep. fooled again so just for you listeners if there was anything you may still not quite understand I'm just gonna quickly go through some of the difficult words that I saw people were struggling with on Twitter and Reddit and other Taylor places you know yeah so first line is it romantic how all my elegies eulogize me 
So an elegy is a type of poem. It's where the writer is kind of giving an ode to something, like you are giving deep respect. It's oftentimes a person. And then eulogize, that's like giving a eulogy at mm-hmm. a funeral. So she is saying all of her odes to her, things about her, eulogize her. So maybe she's thinking of this as people are talking about her like she's a has-been. Mm-hmm. She's already peaked, like she's already oh. reached like like the Rolling Stones, the Beatles status. Like yeah. they're eulogizing her as a legend. Or huh. you could look at it as another nod to reputation, you know. Oh, because she's dead, you know. I kind of lean towards the legend aspect. Me too. I still look at this song trying to make it a happy song. Because I feel like it's a weird mix of sad and happy, you know. I agree. I think it's very beautiful. Another word I saw people struggle with And I get this one because this is kind of a misleading word. It's in the bridge with my calamitous love and insurmountable grief. Mm -hmm. Ali, how did you take that? Uh, I mean, to me, I just kind of picture her and Joe. I don't really know what calamitous means actually on the spot. What would your best guess be, though? My calamitous love with my insurmountable grief, and I think that this is probably just still my perspective on Taylor and Joe's (laughs) relationship, but to me, it's making me think of, like, my great love next to my greatest grief, and just kind of juxtaposing them next to each (laughs) other. That's how I took it, but what does calamitous mean? It's a disaster. Oh! (laughs) Like, (laughs) shit. So, it is defined as an adjective involving... Calamity, catastrophic, or disastrous, such as calamitous events as fires, hurricanes, and floods. Wow. So I said that this word was misleading because I feel like if you haven't heard this before, you would assume it was derived from the word calm. And she was talking about a calm love. Yeah. Well, now I'm thinking about Cruel Summer and Cornelia Street. Like, Mm -hmm. it doesn't sound like they had a super easy beginning to their relationship getaway car. So that could be the reference in the sense of like um, a calamitous love. Like it was just like a crazy, you know, whirlwind at the beginning. But now they're not calamitous. Well, she says my calamitous love. So she could be saying like her love in general, how she loves is disastrous. Like personally. So the line is with my calamitous love and insurmountable grief insurmountable was another word i saw that's kind of like you can't top that it's insurmountable you can't you that's it you can't top that grief taylor swift was over party trending across the whole world yeah so i took this line to not be about joe but kind of about her career oh yeah a lot of people that i saw in my taylor swift group too were just like It doesn't seem like an engagement song, blah, 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 whatever. I'm over it now. I thought it was an engagement song. But the whole um, no one around to tweet it, I was so convinced that this was about an engagement Mm -hmm. and how they got engaged in private. I wanted it to be about that too, but I really think this is about how it's about her career and the tragedies of it and how she, her love for others is disastrous oftentimes Mm -hmm. 
But then she also brings it to, but that's okay because I have you by my side. Like, you accept me yeah. for who I am. There's so much imagery in this song. Yeah. It would make a great video, but you know what? So would have gorgeous, so. Don't even get me started, Allie. <laughs> that, ugh, okay. So anyway, is there anything else we want to talk about the lakes? Those were the three words I saw often being confused about. I have one qualm with this song and I think it's a beautiful mm-hmm. song and I really dig the whole melody all of that I have one qualm with it I have a qualm too so I'm excited to hear yours okay this is probably just a pet peeve of mine like nails on a chalkboard or for me specifically I hate the sound of velcro well this is the other sound that I cannot stand and a lot of musicians use it and it's when you're playing an acoustic guitar and your fingers slide on the strings and it kind of goes yeah I know what you're talking about yeah yeah and a lot of people use it as like a musical touch I personally hate that sound and this song is full of it and I wish we could just like omit that one sound I would love the song Mm -hmm. and I still do love the song but that sound just gives me goosebumps that's fair yeah what about you what's your one qualm so I love this song I think it's very beautiful as I've said before but I think the lines that date this shouldn't be in the song at all. So Hunters with Cell Phones, the tweet. Mm-hmm. I, I, it just doesn't make this song timeless. And I feel like it was so close to being perfectly timeless. Like every single yeah. line in the song is so, it's like a beautiful poem. It's a beautiful eulogy to yeah. whatever subject you want to insert there. And just the part with cell phones and the tweets that kind of takes you out of this kind of magical prosy area i could definitely see that and i think that when we saw the lyrics before actually hearing the song i think that kind of threw me through a loop seeing Mm -hmm. the word tweet knowing what a beautiful piece of art folklore was Mm -hmm. and then like seeing the word tweet i'm like it doesn't belong we're being wood fairies Mm -hmm. like get twitter out of here yeah but and you know maybe i'm just projecting here But I do remember a time when I was in school being marked off for referencing Netflix in a creative writing piece. Because it it takes you out of that moment. Yeah. And, you know, Netflix is awesome. It's probably going to last forever, but there's a chance it doesn't. (laughs) Imagine reading a poem that mentions Blockbuster, you know? It doesn't doesn't last. It dies. Well... You can rent an Airbnb right now. (laughs) I tried, but it was already sold out of the last blockbuster in America. Wow. I know. (laughs) But um, don't try. It's already booked. I looked. (laughs) I have a side little anecdote. I got taken off points on a paper once because it was about how songs could influence people to do bad things. So in the Picture to Burn music video, Taylor is destroying someone's house. And I talked about how that song could influence someone to want to take extreme measures, not destroy someone's house, just take extreme measures after a breakup. And I got like an F on the assignment because they said, I don't think you, Ali Klebos, the professor said my name wrong. It's Klebos would personally go into someone's house and destroy their house. And I was like, you know what? You're right. I'm just saying the song could take someone to do extreme measures that they may not otherwise have done. Yeah, it could be slashing tires. Yeah, I was in high school at this point. People were all about the revenge breakup, but... Yeah, or keying a car, you know? Yeah, Yeah. It may not inspire people to 
bring fire into the mix, but it could inspire them to invoke some other type of revenge. And I thought it was a pretty obvious example, but I got an F. It was very upsetting. Uh, Anyways, I'm sorry. N- now that we're talking about music videos and have finished up our folklore thoughts officially, who knows, there could be more probably when another music video comes out. But I guess all we can do now is hope for that additional music video. So before that happens, let's get started with our topic today. Taylor Swift's acting career. Yes, you guys, we're finally getting started. <laughs> yes. And we know from Taylor Swift's past music videos that she's a lot of experience honing in those acting skills. We know that for a fact. Because unlike other singers like Lady Gaga, Britney Spears, so on, Madonna, who have always had very, like, dance-heavy music videos, Taylor, I feel like, compared to other musicians, has always relied way more on the theatrics than the dancing. I had to disagree with you, Allie, and I have to pipe in to say that because I know a listener will. Lady Gaga totally does that too. Like, telephone? That was an entire story. And you, did you say Beyonce? Did you say I Beyonce? I didn't say Beyonce. Okay. Oh. But I can see that with Britney, actually not even Britney Spears too, because of Oops, I Did It Again, that's another story. She's like this space alien. But she's dancing the whole time. Yeah, but it's still a story, and there's the guy, and there's characters, and I I agree with you that Taylor does this very well, and that those examples definitely are dance-heavy, but I, <laughs> I think there's some theatrics to it. I think there's a plot yeah. in some of their videos. I guess you could think about all the Disney stars that have crossed over to being singers. Acting, singing, hand-in-hand, mm-hmm. hand-in-hand. But the first time that I remember seeing Taylor Swift specifically doing a crazy dance sequence, Reputation Era, delicate music video, and look what you made me do. Have you ever seen Taylor Swift dance like that? That was incredible. That was (laughs) such a good moment because that was her saying, you know how it's a meme that I can't dance and y'all make fun of me for having fun jamming out to people I like singing with my friends? All right, well, here, I'm going to learn how to dance and here's me doing it. I love that. My jaw hit the floor, and I think now's an appropriate time to tell them about our Halloween costume from 2018, Cressy. Yeah, we were the backup dancers. We had the <laughs> iHeart TS crop tops, fishnets, yes. thigh yes. highs. We were there for Taylor. <laughs> we have the pictures. They're from Skybar, so they're not the best. But <laughs> yeah, they look terrible. They're so yeah. bad. I wish I wish they were better. But we feel like Taylor has had a lot of time to really hone in those acting skills, don't you think? Yeah, let's talk about Blank Space, Wildest Dreams, You Belong With Me, Out of the Woods, and more. Yeah, I mean, it's just like how Taylor loves to tell a story with her songs. That lends itself to a very theatrical, almost like a digital short of a music video Mm -hmm. that really takes you through the whole thing. And I can watch the Blank Space music video in my head right now. That's how powerful that music video is. Even other than these music videos, Taylor has appeared in a lot of other TV shows, movies, whatever, over the years. Yeah, let's hop in our time machine to 2009, her very first TV debut. So let's bring it back to a time before Cressy and I had this podcast 
Yes, I'm talking about 2009, but I'm also talking about the presentation that led to this podcast today. Before we decided to start Good for a Weekend, not only did we talk about Carly Kloss, we talked about Taylor on CSI. And that was probably the best television debut I could ever imagine for a girl who loves... Doesn't she love crime shows? Doesn't she talk about she loving... She loves like- CSI. Because oh remember in our MySpace episode when we read her bio and she talks about like... Just a warning, if you mention CSI to me, I'll talk about it for an hour or something like that. Taylor got her entire own episode on CSI, and I remember watching this in 2009. I don't even know how old I was there. 13, maybe 12? I don't even know. But she had her full CSI episode called Turn, Turn, Turn. So just to give you the quick IMDB synopsis of this episode, Nick, who's the cop, volunteers on his birthday to take a case involving a 16-year-old girl found dead in the parking lot of a seedy hotel. Spoiler alert, that girl is Taylor. By the way, we have all the clips linked, so when you go to our website, you'll be able to see all of this if you want to spend an afternoon looking at these little video clips. But her hair gets increasingly darker and shorter throughout the episode, so she gets, like, punkier and punkier. Basically, she's getting, like, internet bullied for being different, but... The very exciting thing about this is You're Not Sorry plays in the episode. And I was like, you know what? I love that song now. So basically in the end, sorry for anyone who's going to watch this, but her mom is just not a nice person, says her hair is disgusting because like I said, it's gotten darker and shorter. So they're fighting and her mom is chasing her with scissors and then her mom stabs her in a parking lot. But the most exciting part of this is Taylor has one of those dying sequences. So she had her Shakespeare moment. And during this time, she was about one year away from being the youngest artist ever to win Best Album at the Grammys. At least at that time. Billie Eilish might have beat her. Yeah, it's Billie Eilish now. So awesome. Yeah. So let's carry on with something a little bit lighter. Yeah, so Taylor was also briefly in Hannah Montana the movie. (laughs) What a title. Wow, they really tried hard with that one. So she sings the song Crazier right around the time of the hoedown throwdown (laughs) scene of the movie. Pretty iconic. But fun fact, she also wrote the song You Always Find Your Way Back Home. Oh, what? I didn't know that. She wrote Crazier and that one. Oh, that's the one that uh, Miley ends with when they're in like the suits and the briefcases right you always find i haven't seen that movie in so long i just know the song i don't know but i just think that that sequence really sticks out to me because i was like miley cyrus is like 17 why does she have briefcase dancers (laughs) um but after that so you know taylor was kind of busy on the acting scene in 2009 because right after that what does she do cressy she hosts snl what an honor and I actually <laughs> did some research on Andy Samberg today. Oh, okay. Because I love him a lot. Ooh, me too. And this is how he met Taylor Swift and mm-hmm. how they became acquaintances. I wouldn't say they're friends. And it's probably what led them to uh, film that commercial in 2017 where they fight each other. So this <laughs> is where they met. Two of my favorite people in the entire world together. How great. So she has an amazing monologue. Which we've already talked about at length. (laughs) Fully. And then she has the sketches Orphan Annie, Kate Gosselin, Shakira, the clingy BFF sketch, Frankenstein parody of Twilight. 
So what was your favorite out of all of these, Allie? I think, okay, well, Kate Goslin was pretty good. That was <laughs> pretty good. But also, I like, I really, like, appreciate the Frankenstein parody because she was dating Taylor Lautner around that time. Yeah, it was funny. So I thought it was really funny that she played Belly. Be- Belly? <laughs> she played, I thought it was Is really- she a dog? <laughs> <laughs> or, like, a stomach? <laughs> I thought it was really funny that she played Bella during this time. Just very, like- a moment in time. Um, what was your favorite sketch? I really like when she tries to be Shakira. <laughs> Be- and she has like the poof, the yeah. poof in her hair. You know, it's like half up with the, like the poof, you know, how Snooki did it back in the day. Oh, I watched this episode yesterday, Cressy. I know exactly yeah. what you're talking about. Yeah. It's just, I'm not body shaming her because I look exactly like that. <laughs> But it's just so funny that she's, like, playing this very beautiful, curvaceous woman. And she's in, you know, she's in that black dress. Yeah. And she looks like I do. You know, she's not a very curvaceous woman. And she's got the poof. And she does a pretty good impression, though. Yeah. I'll give her that. Cressy and I are obviously extremely biased. But I thought she did a really good job. Um, she really put it all out there. Sometimes singers go on SNL and they kind of half-ass it. So I'm not biased. I'm a bit of a comedy historian, and I think Taylor did above average. Mm -hmm. Not spectacular, but she definitely has done much better than a lot of her peers. Because she just really goes with it. She plays along. And she tries her damn hardest. Also, during this time, it's just very interesting because during this episode, swine flu was at its peak. And so they make a lot of jokes about swine flu just throughout the episode in general. Like, they have a a commercial that Taylor doesn't appear in, but it's swine fever. (laughs) And um, I just thought it was interesting that swine flu was going on. Damn. Don't you miss those days? Yeah, I mean, like, now they joke about, like, actors being in saran wrap. And SNL has always been very, like, they have cast members kissing each other all the time, like, spitting on each other all the time. At one point, one person literally spits on Kristen Wiig, like, a full bottle of water on Kristen Wiig. And I was like, that would never happen in coronavirus. Like, they can't have that. No. They can't have spit guys. It's too serious. Yeah, no. So I was like, swine flu. (laughs) Nothing. Those were the days. Those were the days. H1N1, man. I know. But now, let's head into 2010 with Valentine's Day. Did you see this in theaters? Oh, absolutely. Are you joking? I did on Valentine's Day. It was (laughs) this girl's birthday party, and that was like her party. We all went to go see that movie. Shout out to my friend Taylor, (laughs) not Taylor Swift. The friend's name was Taylor. So, I don't know how much reminding y'all need, but Taylor was dating Taylor Lautner at this time, and they star in the movie together. Um, so basically, Taylor Swift plays Felicia, and her love story in the Valentine's Day, like, big ensemble film is her and Taylor Lautner's character, Willie. And they're the basic, I gotta be honest, Taylor Swift, she plays a little bit of an airhead in this movie, and then Taylor Lautner, also an airhead in the movie, but, like, top athlete. It's just, you know, they were the high school couple, or one of the two high school couples that they decided to focus on. And then it's just really, like, sweet because they were actually dating during this time. So how fun would that be to star in a film with your hot boyfriend who's, like, at his peak Twilight stardom? I remember the theater cheering when he took his shirt off. Doesn't he take his shirt off in this movie? (laughs) No, he does. Yeah, well, 
There's at one point where Taylor gives him a shirt that has a 13 on the back. And he says, I don't want to take my shirt off in public. So they like tease it a while, but I'm almost (laughs) positive he takes his shirt off at some point. But the film was, you know, it's like one of those classic big celebrity ensembles with, you know, Emma Roberts. That was the other high school couple. Jennifer Garner, Ashton Kutcher, Anne Hathaway, Bradley Cooper, Jessica Alba, Queen Latifah, Jamie Foxx, Patrick Dempsey. I probably missed some other super A-lister. I I just, I had to stop writing names at some point. But her character is this valley girl. And what I love is that she has the 13 on her hand. Just like Fearless. It was really cute. I know. And then later in the interview, there's like a reference to You Belong With Me. Where the interviewer asks Felicia, so Felicia, if he's the star athlete, you are? And then she goes, not the cheerleader. But then it turns out she's on the dance team and does the whole awkward <laughs> dance sequence. Then Taylor Lana walks up and they make out heavily in front of the news camera. So great cinema. Great cinema. Did you like this movie, Ellie? Um, how old were we at this time, Cressy? We were, what, 14? Yeah, I liked the movie. Like, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I was just wondering. Wait, did you not like it? I didn't love it, but I didn't hate it. I, it felt like a Love Actually ripoff. You know, with all the storylines that are intertwined, with all the celebrities, it kind of felt like it was playing off of that a lot. Yeah. But I liked that I got to see my girl Taylor. Yeah, it was just kind of like a fun, cheap night to see a bunch of famous people act like they're in love back when we could go to the movies i know wow but let's go on to the next movie what's up next the lorax did you see this movie in theaters ali i did not i did my high school boyfriend and i brought my little brother to see this oh my god how old was pj during this time elementary school so maybe like nine ish ten ish oh that's sweet you had an excuse oh yeah i wanted to see it (laughs) i love the lorax (laughs) It's about the environment. Taylor Swift was in it. Those are my two interests. (laughs) They really are. It also stars Zac Efron, Danny DeVito, and Betty White. What a cast. So Taylor plays Audrey. She is a dreamer who draws the forgotten truffle trees. She is also Zac Efron's love interest. Throwback to when everyone thought that they were dating and they totally weren't at all. I know. I don't know. It was was just because they were in a movie together. And you know, they're just... These are speaking parts. They probably were never in the same room. Probably not. Except for the premiere. Wait, can we... The condom? Remember at the Lurex... The condom. Yes. Yes. When the condom fell out. That was so funny. (laughs) The condom falls out of his pocket at this children's movie premiere. But like, can you really be that surprised? Zac Efron, at that time especially, everyone knows. He pulls. You know? And good for him for practicing safe sex. True. He's not going to catch an STD at that premiere. No. One of the things that came out of this whole film in general is that iconic moment on The Ellen Show. Taylor and Zac Efron go on The Ellen Show together and they sing a song together. They say that Taylor was teaching Zac Efron how to play guitar. No wonder people thought they were dating. Mm-hmm. But anyways, it's like a song. I'm not going to like go through the lyrics or anything. Basically, they go, every time that we're on Ellen, it's really weird. It's really weird because Ellen like scared them. And Ellen's just a weird TV host. But also, now that 2020 has ruined everything, including Ellen, oh, man. Ellen's apparently mean. 
as of 2020. Allegedly. Allegedly mean. Please don't sue us, Ellen. But there's a lot of proof that you're mean. There's a lot of proof that you are mean. I was really invested in this story about Ellen being mean specifically because I remember thinking like probably half a year ago watching one of her shows for the first time in forever. Some of her jokes were like straight up making fun of like guests or audience members. I remember thinking, I don't know if I would enjoy meeting Ellen DeGeneres because I think I would be extremely nervous because I feel like she would make fun of me. Well, let's, let's briefly talk about when Taylor went on and Ellen put up that slideshow of men. Oh my God. That was messed up. And Taylor was so uncomfortable the entire time and said multiple times, like, I don't want to play this. Like, I, I feel so awkward right now. Like comments like that. And like, what an invasion of privacy. Well, Taylor even says that who her songs are about, that's like hers. Yeah. The song is everyone's, anyone can listen to it. Anyone can look up the lyrics, but that's like one thing she has to hold on to is she knows exactly who it's about. Mm-hmm. And she says that, like, this is like the one thing I have. Don't take that away from me. Yeah. And I just can't believe that she would have put Taylor on the spot like that. And she was way younger then, too, also, just putting that out there. But one thing that's also kind of interesting so, with this whole Ellen extravaganza, Some celebrities are coming up and saying like, oh, well, Ellen's always been super nice to me, always done this for me, always donated to this charity. (laughs) Thank God Taylor Swift, who seems like she has a relatively good relationship with Ellen despite that whole man slideshow that happened. Thank God Taylor hasn't said anything like that because the celebrities that are defending Ellen right now are getting attacked on Twitter and rightfully because they're like oh Ellen doesn't treat you like shit oh you're a celebrity and we need to talk about she literally says of course he's nice to you if you're in this room he has something he wants from you yeah it's just like that Ellen of course she's nice Mm -hmm. you have something she wants you to be on the show exactly for the clicks for the views for the ads But yeah, so, I mean, other than Taylor obviously putting up with Ellen doing whatever the heck she wants, Taylor seems to have a good relationship with Ellen. I mean, Ellen was in the You Need to Calm Down music video getting Cool Summer tattooed on her arm. They're obviously friends. But I do think it's smart that Taylor hasn't said anything publicly about it. I just think that's smart PR. Good job, Tree Pain. Anyways... (laughs) Um, let's talk about our next appearance. Yes, New Girl. So, New Girl to me is like a warm hug on a very cold, lonely night. And I just love the show so much. It's just very comforting to me. I rewatch it very frequently, especially right now. I just kind of had it in the background on repeat because it's just, it's very comforting to me for some reason. So, I've recently watched this episode. It's the season two finale of New Girl and it's called Elaine's Big Day. Taylor Swift's character is named Elaine. And this scene that she's in, it's kind of like the non-existent Speak Now music video that we all had playing in our head when we listened to that song. (laughs) It's honestly just that, but on screen. (laughs) So the plot of this episode is that Jess, the main character, her best friend is getting married and it's the wedding ceremony. Cece is going to marry Shivrank and they're having a very traditional Indian ceremony. And in the middle of it, Cece changes her mind. She basically says something along the lines of, I'm so sorry, I can't do this. 
because she's in love with one of the guests. That is not her fiance. And then Sweet Taylor pipes in. So now let's just do a reading of this scene. Allie, do you want to be shivvy for me? I would be honored. So after Cece says that, Shivy says, I don't care what my family says. I'm going to marry you in a Presbyterian church. Crowd goes, <gasps> and then Taylor pipes right out of her seat, clutching her chest with both hands, speak now style. <laughs> and she says, oh, Shivy, I've loved you since the first grade. And I'm so lonely without you. I just lie awake and I just write in my journal and I paint pictures of you on my easel. And Shivy responds, I want our children to be photographers and backpack across Europe. And Taylor says, Will you take me away from this madness? And you're not too short for me. I don't care what your mother says. <laughs> and then Shivy runs out. Elaine hops in to his arms <laughs> and they run off. And Taylor says, Let's go to Vegas and elope. Yep. And we got that Speak Now video that we always wanted. And now, there it is. There it is. Let's move on to one of her next appearances. It's a movie, and it's The Giver. Cressy, our resident English major, why don't you take it away with her appearance in The Giver? So I've never read this book. I know, I think I know the gist of it. It's kind of dystopian, whatever. Yeah. But I know it was written by Lewis Lowry. Mm -hmm. And I know that Taylor Swift plays a character named Rosemary. And Jeff Bridges plays her father. And something interesting about our sweet Rosemary is Taylor is wearing a brunette wig while she's yes. playing this character. She looks so different, almost unrecognizable. Like she doesn't have any makeup on, bare face, mm -hmm. dark hair. She looks like a completely different person. Which brings us back to our last episode when we talk about how Taylor might have worn wigs to avoid being seen with Joe. Mm -hmm. She can be disguised. <laughs> so in interviews, they like to talk about her character. And Taylor's character is an emotionless person. That's kind of her main character trait. And in interviews about this character, they talk about how it's kind of a juxtaposition of her songs and how they're so emotional. Because mm -hmm. this is around the Red Era. Very emotional time. Yeah, so the book is excellent. It's a classic, highly acclaimed. Maybe I'll read it one of these days. It seems good. <laughs> I probably should read it. Uh, but the movie was not. It did mm. not do well. It did nope. not perform well. And it also did not get great reviews. And you know what else didn't get great reviews, Allie? Cats. Oh, yes. Did you all just get shivers down your spine? Because we did. Let's talk about Taylor's most recent film appearance in the 2019 release of Cats. You know, this movie was super promising. Was it promising, though? I had hope. I think from the moment the trailer went out, people had very low expectations. <laughs> I think this is really funny because CGI is such a big thing. But when the trailer came out, they got so many complaints that they actually had to go back and edit some CGI out because it was too realistic. They took out the buttholes. Yeah, I mean, who wants to look at a cat's butthole? And a human cat's butthole <laughs> at that. Oh my god, yeah. So they actually, it was already creeping people out by the trailer. I honestly, I still wanted to see it cause, just because of the cast. I mean, this cast included Jennifer Hudson, love her. Jason Derulo, he's cool on TikTok. James Corden, great talk show. He's annoying. <gasps> 
Anyways. I've seen several things about him being really mean to people and being a diva. He cannot be another Ellen. I just won't take it. Allie and listeners, Google it and decide what you want. James Corden is the next Ellen. You heard it here first. But other people, Francesca Hayward, Rebel Wilson, hell yeah, Idris Elba, oh my god, and then Judi Dench. So this film, to me, like, it was coming out around Christmas. I was like, you know what, I will see Cats around Christmas. I think my family tried several times, but it was one of those things like, nah, let's just stay on the couch. But good thing we decided that because the film was nominated for six Razzies. In case you don't know, that's not a good thing. Nope. That's that's like what, that's the award you get for being the worst. Just for context, uh, I think Adam Sandler's movie Jack and Jill has the most Razzies of all time. <laughs> it could be wrong. So a lot of people called the entire movie super terrifying. Apparently, CGI people as cats, kind of scary. Gives people nightmares. Jason Derulo's package had to be cgi'd out because a lot of people were paying attention to that but i did know that taylor's character was one of the better known characters from cats and her character was bumba larina and it's kind of like the sassy cat so it was a big deal that taylor got this role she had a pretty good character out of a pretty shitty movie anyways beautiful ghost she wrote it for the film and that was nominated for a golden globe so that's like the one piece of cats that did a good job. Taylor Swift magic. Yeah. Wow. Shout out to Taylor. So now that we've talked about some things Taylor has acted in, why don't we talk about the times Taylor has been mentioned, which is a lot. Let's start with Deadpool 2. Ryan Reynolds wears a shirt with Taylor Swift's cats on it, Olivia and Meredith. We stand Ryan Reynolds and that friendship. Also, in This Is Us, Randall's daughter talks about her TSA club, Taylor Swift Appreciation Club, which is how I like to think about this podcast. True. Uh, but also, Sue from the middle references being a Taylor fan multiple times. So Eden Cher, who plays Sue in the middle, met Taylor on the red carpet. And I don't know if she was still in character or not, but she went full-fledged, like, my goddess queen, Taylor Swift has arrived. And, like, Taylor seems so awkward about this. So kind of makes you think about how you would act if you met Taylor Swift. I would not be cool. Speaking of people making a fool out of themselves for Taylor, let's talk about Jake Peralta from Brooklyn Nine-Nine, a.k.a. Andy Samberg. So it's kind of a running joke through the entire series. There's just a few throwaway lines here and there that he is a huge Taylor fan. For example, I think it's been used at least twice, probably more, but there's this running gag where someone will bring up that Taylor has a restraining order against him and that he can't get within 500 feet of her. (laughs) And he says, but that was just a misunderstanding. (laughs) And there's another scene where he does a lie detector test and he tries to act like Taylor isn't his favorite singer. And there's this whole scene about how she makes me feel things. Okay. Like she's, yeah. Like, yeah, she's my favorite. And then Terry Crews, character was like, she makes us all feel things. Okay. (laughs) These are direct quotes, but you're getting the gist. But one of my favorite Taylor mentions in this show is when he quotes, shake it off. He says, point is haters going to hate shake it off. Taylor Swift always right. (laughs) She is always right. Also, The Good Place mentions Taylor a lot, 
specifically Tahani, which is played by Jamila Jamil. Tahani says, quote, you know, I haven't been this upset since my good friend Taylor was rudely upstaged by my other friend Kanye, who was defending my best friend Beyonce, end quote. So then Kristen Bell's character, when she's talking about Tahani in one of the episodes, says, quote, she said that she was Taylor Swift's best friend, but Taylor Swift wasn't her best friend. She is the worst, end quote. Another really fun thing that kind of made a crossover between the show and real life was Jamila Jamil was actually on stage with Taylor during her Woman of the Decade billboard speech that just happened. And when Taylor accepts her award, she points at Jamila and says, absolutely love this one, right? And then Jamila actually gets to hold Taylor's award while she gives her amazing Woman of the Decade billboard speech. What an honor. Brilliant moment. Yeah. I will say she did look kind of awkward up there since it was Mm -hmm. like this powerful moment and she was just kind of standing there. But I think she did the best she could in that circumstance. And she... Yeah. She did well, you know? Well, when Taylor pointed to her, like, I was watching it this morning, and she kind of smiled awkwardly, you know? And I was like, but how could you act? She probably didn't think that the camera was on her, and that's why she was, like, being a little awkward, because she thought the camera would just be on Taylor, you know? When someone who is winning Woman of the Decade points at you and said, love this one, like, how how can you act? There is no protocol for how you act in that scenario. Um, But let's move on. Yeah, let's talk about Taylor being mentioned on SNL. Mm -hmm. One of my favorite skits of all time, (laughs) Swiftamine. (laughs) It's this commercial. It's one of those faux prescription commercials. And it's about adults who realize that they love Taylor Swift. And then they get Taylor Swift induced vertigo. (laughs) And the cure for that is (laughs) Swiftamine. And there's this line in it that says, Realizing you love Taylor Swift has been the leading cause of vertigo among adults. And it's really funny because it's the characters are acting silly, jamming to shake it off while this like yeah. serious prescription commercial is talking over it. I, it's really funny. <laughs> it's great. And the pill apparently is a fast acting antihistamine tablet that's pink and bowly just like Taylor herself. <laughs> Cute. Another skit that Taylor was in was around the time Blue Ivy was born, Beyonce's child. And Maya Rudolph is playing Beyonce and Jay Farrow is playing Jay-Z. And the premise of the skit is different celebrities visiting to meet Blue Ivy. And Taylor Swift is played by Kristen Wiig. Kristen does an excellent job. And Taylor just walks through the frame with her hands over her mouth and being like, Oh my god. What? <laughs> What? You know how she reacts, especially in her early days when she won something, she had the surprise face. Christian Wick is doing that and doesn't speak, doesn't really acknowledge <laughs> Jay-Z or Beyonce. And she exits the stage and Jay-Z says, wow, she was surprised. And that was it. It's a good moment. <laughs> she really was surprised. And another skit around the 1989 era, one of my favorites. In 2015, Amy Poehler, Tina Fey, and Amy Schumer did a Dope Squad parody (laughs) of Bad Blood. I won't lie, definitely not SNL's best work. (laughs) But, you know, Bad Blood was huge at the time. So this was probably really easy to write. Sorry, SNL writers. 
So I think it's interesting to note because just two years before the whole Dope Squad sketch, Tina Fey, Amy Poehler, and Taylor Swift not getting along too well. And it was because when Tina Fey and Amy Poehler hosted the Golden Globes, they did a joke like they do with all celebrities, but this one may have gone just a little too far. So I'm going to read you all the joke. Tina Fey starts. You know what, Taylor Swift? You stay away from Michael J. Fox's son. And then Amy says, or go for it. And then Tina Fey looks at Amy and she goes, no, she needs some me time to learn about herself. Taylor was not very happy about this joke. And actually, in an interview with Vanity Fair, two months later, Taylor addresses what happened. And the title of this Vanity Fair article is literally... Taylor Swift fights back about her love life, the hyenas porthouse, and has words for Tina Fey and Amy Poehler. So at the beginning of this Vanity Fair article, Taylor says, quote, you know, Katie Couric is one of my favorite people because she said to me she had heard a quote that she loved. There's a special place in hell for women who don't help other women, end quote. Which I think is interesting because a lot of people credit Taylor with this quote, mm-hmm. but it really wasn't hers and Katie Kirk told it to her. But then Taylor continues, quote, for a female to write about her feelings and then be portrayed as some clingy, insane, desperate girlfriend in need of making you marry her and have kids with her. I think that's taking something that potentially should be celebrated, a woman writing about her feelings in a confessional way, that's taking it and turning it and twisting it into something that is frankly a little sexist, end quote. Whew! I know this quote, like, by heart, but I had no clue that it was about Tina and Amy. Wow, I didn't know that. Because this was all over the news. This was huge. Tina wrote about it in her book, Bossy Pants. She had a whole section about this. I don't know. It, it has escaped my mind. I've read Amy Poehler's book and Tina Fey's book. Same. I just, like, I, I had no clue that this feud existed, or if I did, I just tried to forget it for the longest <laughs> time. But then Amy did later apologize, saying, quote, Aw, I feel bad if she was upset. I'm a feminist, and she is a young and talented girl. That being said, I do agree I am going to hell. But for other reasons, mostly boring tax stuff, end quote. So she's poking fun at it, but they seem like they're cool now. They actually presented at the most recent Golden Globes together on stage. They presented Best Animated Film together. So I guess everything's okay now. Yeah, I had mixed feelings about this when it happened because at the time, I really thought Taylor was overreacting. Like, mm. I like there's a special place in hell you know, like, mm. they really, it, it was a throwaway joke. It lasted maybe 10 seconds, if that. And it really doesn't directly mention anything about her songwriting or her stereotype of her relationship with men. But now, being older and looking back at it, I do see where Taylor's coming from and how that could seem like a personal attack. And at that point, she was probably just so tired of hearing jokes about this that she was Mm. just like, "Uh uh-uh. Because I do think it's important to be able to poke fun at yourself, even though I do see where Taylor's coming. But this is 2015, right before Mm. everything was Snakegate. This is where Mm -hmm. people are starting to turn against her and see her as a person who frequently plays the victim. I hate to say it, but she is she is playing the victim here. In an interview with Vanity Fair, like a legit magazine, worldwide. She was probably the only person around that time really being focused on for her dating life. So I could see how she would feel. Like, 
I'm a 20 something year old girl. I'm dating people just like a normal 20 year old would how other celebrities are, but why is everyone focusing on me? That would piss me off too. But I also see because recently the Golden Globes have been hosted by Ricky Gervais and he is pretty ruthless with his jokes on celebrities. And I think that's kind of the thing at award shows. Let's poke fun at all these rich, famous people. So I kind of, I do see both sides, but I feel like Taylor was at a moment in her life where she was fed up. But I do wish that this line, there's a special place in hell for women that don't help other women. I wish that was about Carly Claus and not Tina Fey and Amy Poehler. Yeah, because if they didn't say that joke, that's not them helping her. I don't get it. Because Taylor has so many examples that she could probably use for that. Mm-hmm. You know, Yale Braun. We could probably name a million people. So I wish she had saved that quote for something more telling because people still use it. I hear people yeah. all the time. I think it's even in TV shows now that we're talking about it. I think it was in Younger. Younger did this. Hilary Duff's character in Younger said, Taylor says there's a special place in hell for women who don't help other women. People use this quote. I wish it was safe for a better moment. Yeah. Mixed feelings. Mixed feelings. Let's go on to something more fun. Yeah, so we get to see Dwayne The Rock Johnson sing Shake It Off in a lip sync battle. And he's apparently a big Taylor fan. He references her pretty often. And his voice is even Taylor's the man voice. Because obviously we know now that the man is actually Taylor Swift. Cressy, when you watched it for the first time, did you know that man through the man music video was Taylor Swift? So that was my very, very first thought. And then as the music video went on and I saw the leg hair and just the attention to detail, I started to think, well, maybe this isn't Taylor. Maybe this is a commentary that she doesn't want to be in this music video because whatever. I was trying to wrap my head around it. And then at the end, it's revealed that it was her. So I I was kind of both. I first thought it was her and then... It was just so well done. Like the leg hair. Yeah. And the calves were huge. It was insane. And I would agree. I thought at the very beginning, the way that the man was walking, I was like, Mm -hmm. is that Taylor? That's how Taylor walks. Yeah. 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 And then she convinced me throughout the video, oh, this is someone else. And then when I heard Dwayne The Rock Johnson's voice as her, I didn't realize it was him at first. But then I was like, wait, this seems fishy. That voice does not come out of that body. And then, of course, the ending. I really, I was uncertain throughout the whole thing. (laughs) Same. But I love that Dwayne The Rock Johnson is a Taylor fan. And then that brings us to the last reference in television that we are going to mention today. Obviously, Taylor has been mentioned endlessly in both television and movies. I mean, this would be like a three hour long episode if we talked about every single one. So we were just pointing out the classics. I do want to end on the spoof of Swiftmiss in the television series Scream Queens. So Chanel, who is played by Emma Roberts, who's obviously like the queen bee, kind of scary, very scary top girl in the series, totally parodies Taylor Swift's Swiftmiss that she did during the 1989 era. And I just want to um, give a little quick description from fandom of what Swiftmiss was before I go into what this show did. So according to fandom, Taylor, quote, would leave Christmas-themed emojis on the profiles of fans 
indicating that they were picked, but they did not know what that meant. Around Christmas, these fans received FedEx packages renamed SwiftX in permanent marker by Taylor Swift with handpicked gifts from Taylor. Some fans received Taylor's personal items like a necklace or handpicked gifts like a new candle and Taylor wrapped all of these gifts herself as seen in her Swift Miss video, end quote. So in Scream Queens, Chanel, super scary character, hosts a chanel o where she sends out packages to her 700 Instagram fans and leaves pumpkin emojis on their profiles, writes them hand-personal notes, and sends out, like, super scary gifts, like rotting jack-o'-lanterns, deadheads, etc. From what I know of the show, it really fits the show's theme, but some people called this super mean-spirited toward Taylor. <laughs> also, when I was watching the montage of this, they have a song playing that keeps saying the words, it's all about you, which I feel like is obviously like kind of saying that Chanel is doing this to bring attention to herself, which is why I think people think it's mean spirited. I think they're saying that Scream Queens is insinuating that Taylor Swift only did this for herself. But have you ever heard of this? I've, I have seen bits and pieces of this episode. So Ali, I know you said that was the last one we were going to talk about, but I feel as our resident New Girl super fan, I have to bring up that Taylor is mentioned very often in this show. Okay. For example, there's this scene where Jessica Day, aka Zoe Deschanel, is drinking a glass of wine and blasting Shake It Off. And another character, Nick, walks in and she's like crying. She's like, I just wanted to listen to Taylor Swift alone. <laughs> it's so funny because haven't we all been there where you just want to dramatically stare out a window with a glass of wine and listen to some Taylor Swift? Um, every day. <laughs> and I wanted to start with that one because Zoe Deschanel actually tweeted a gif from that episode after Folklore came out. And Taylor, she either retweeted it or liked it. Some She acknowledged it. It was a very cute moment. <laughs> and then there is another episode that I also recently watched the walk of shame episode where they get blowouts and they have this really insane walk of shame their phones are dead whatever but what there's this throwaway line where (laughs) Jess says that she's really worried about Taylor Swift living alone in New York City and Cece is like yeah we all are (laughs) so funny but yeah this was when Taylor in New York was pretty big this was the 1989 era welcome to New York she had dropped her bags on apartment floors in New York, and we were all pretty worried about her. Aren't we all? So thank y'all for listening to this week's episode about Taylor Swift, the actress. And if you haven't already, please leave us a review. We read them all and we really appreciate them. Yes. And if you want to follow us on social media, our Instagram and Twitter are at GFA Weekend. We also have a subreddit, r slash good for a weekend. And you can find us on Facebook, good for a weekend. And Tumblr. And Tumblr. Also good for a weekend. So please interact with us. We will answer you so fast. We love hearing from you and we love episode suggestions. Yeah. And one last reminder before we close things out, our next episode will be delayed. I am moving. It's going to suck. It is sorry. Gonna suck. It's my fault. Not leaving Atlanta though. But yeah, uh, we hope you tune into our next episode on whatever that's on. We haven't decided yet. Well, ta-ta for now. <laughs> Wait. I hated that. <laughs>